Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Hey, I can't thank you guys enough. People are fucking checking out the YouTube channel, which is rad. Um, This has literally been the best week of numbers-wise, I would say, for Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. I mean, from Ireland to England to Columbus, Ohio, to LA, to Florida, like Taiwan, like, dude, I can't thank you guys enough. Like I'm a dork in the basement who felt like an outsider in the local community because of foot and mouth syndrome repeatedly. And I reached out to another fucking foot and mouth syndrome person, Ashley Ackley, and we started this thing a couple of years ago. And I was, you know what? If anybody wants to go back and check out some of those early Brapcasts, because she was the she was the originator of the Moped Podcast. I mean, some of them are good, some of them are not so good. But you know what? As somebody trying, and that's fucking awesome. Um, I've been reaching out to some people lately this past few days, like especially when I see like old heads in the community, and like just asking, "Do you still moped?" And like some of them, like, "Yeah, we're gonna get them on the show." and I was literally just having a conversation with a person out of Michigan and I asked her, I go, do you still moped? And she goes, no. And then she, you know, she gave me a list of reasons like toxic environment, blah, 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 all this. I'm like, you can't change anything from your couch. It's easy to walk away from shit in life, which I have done several times, but like, it's just moped guys. It's fun. Like, let's all have fun. I am so excited for this coming year. Like Stefan buzzard, sent me a little message earlier in the week and he put it on ma the buzzards are having a rally over in his neck of the woods is gonna be so much fun it's not too far from conan and i can tell you this much that is some beautiful riding it's gonna be september it's already on the ma calendar everybody check it out go support the buzzards um that is one i fucking love the buzzards and everything that they have done for me and conan and jessica the smog squatters um, love you guys so much. I enjoyed hanging out with both of you so much and Nola, we got to do it again sometime, but we're talking about the Southeast and now we're going directly to the other part of the country, the Northwest, which Ryan, I hope you make it home safe. Um, Ryan goes on a journey right now and I talked to him a little bit. That guy, if you want to feel happy and just laugh, like, just chat with Ryan. I don't care if it's DM or whatever. Like he's a feel good person. He makes you feel good. He's just a fucking rad guy. All right. I need, I'm avoiding talking about mopeds because I haven't done shit with mopeds, but I'm all about shop improvements this week. As a lot of you guys saw on my Instagram, I finally redid my benches. I brought more cabinets in from my new job. And I think I'm finally progressive enough to realize I have to fucking get going or I'm going to have nothing done this winter. Um, winter, I, I made that treats order. Some parts are coming in. We're going to get some shit done. Um, and now I feel like I'm just delaying. <laughs> I am pretty excited about my guest tonight because I met it's mopeds are about relationships and going about, I always go how people treat me. And a a former guest of mine kind of suggested this person and just this, that, or the other thing, we finally got around and I'm excited to, um, introduce my guest 
right now. Hey, how's it going, man? Steven, I, I go by Steven Bloops on the internet, so we'll stick with that. All right, Steve. Uh, I want to tell everybody where you're from. I I didn't give him the good rundown because I felt because I'm all hepped up on coffee and I haven't ate yet tonight, so it could be interesting. Um, well, I sent your people my re- my resume in advance, so it's a little it's a little disappointing you didn't read the packet. But yeah, I oh, guess fuck. yes. <laughs> the team, the team failed me again. Uh, yeah, man, that 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 intern's got to go. Yeah, we have them working round shifts here at Second Chance World Headquarters. They, That's right. They're shoveling snow. That's what they do this time of year. All they do is shovel snow because I'm in the Great White North. That's um, right. <laughs> fucking came home. I had to shovel too and just got. Um, we're gonna get pounded. I think the rest of the winter. And, you know, whatever shit happens. <laughs> um, so Steve, I want to talk to you in here. I love people's moped journeys, and I think you got a a good one. Like. I saw some, we'll get into some of your rally stuff and your promo videos, which I still have to say is the greatest one ever. Like just funny and hilarious and silly, which mopeds should be. It's, we're playing with dumb toy motorcycles. But Stephen, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys, i.e. the very first time they ever saw a moped to smile ride, you know, kind of early days, middle part, and what it's like today. So Stephen, let me ask you, what was your very first memory of seeing a moped? Man, um, I, I'm sure I did as like a real young kid or something and just it didn't hit me. But actually, so I was involved in uh, and still am in like motorsports, like tr- car track days. And my brothers and I um, had a series of Honda Civics that we modified and would take to the track. And so through the the little honda crew it was just like a forum you know this is like mid 2000s when everything was on those forums um and one one, a couple of the guys i think were also into mopeds and would like post things about their mopeds and i was in law school at the time and didn't have two nickels to rub together but was tired (laughs) of walking to class every day like oh that'd be rad to just ride that to class something like that to class and so like in that forum i was like asking questions of, of the folks that were into it and they were the such dicks like oh you don't know why did we do research for yourself you know kind of like the proto you know wfff um and uh and i was just like discouraged like all right fine these guys are all assholes i, don't, I can just walk to class yeah <laughs> so um but then I, I moved to chicago after law school and um had a, just a tiny garage it just i couldn't do car stuff you know, I just didn't have the space. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a moped and um, bought a stock maxi was my first right. one. Okay, Stephen, one thing that I get shit about, but I always, I'm, I got weird ADD or OCD yeah. or something undiagnosed. What year is this? I always like to get like a time frame going because like I just numbers and times, whatever. This would have been, I think 2010. Okay. Like spring of 2010. Um, and yeah, so bought a stock, like everybody, uh, bought a stock maxi for way too much money. Um, how, how much was it? Let me ask you. Well, I couldn't tell you, but I want to say probably like 700 bucks or something. Okay. And like, um, you know, the car was, was crappily tuned. Um, you know, the typical stuff that doesn't work, you know, when mm-hmm. you're buying some, a moped from someone that let it sit for a year or two. Um, but uh, kind of took it home, 
rode it around my neighborhood and it was just uh you know just like the first time you ride a stock bike it's just you just giggle the whole mm-hmm. time like literally like involuntary giggling like this is ridiculous yeah um and and you know again so one i i, I paid way too much for a poorly a stock maxi in poor condition and then the second thing i did that everybody else does was i rattle canned it chopped the rear fender took off the front fender i got some like batman bars or whatever like just you know moped every cliche yeah. thing that new does did you get some type of crossbar so you could almost have a full top tank thing going i i didn't um but mostly i think at the time there was i think ebr somebody made it made a bolt-on crossbar yep. and i think the, the reviews on treats or whatever like this is a piece of crap or maybe on moped army or something and so i was like okay i'm not gonna buy that okay that's good like i see people with that it's like Okay, yeah, we're rock, rock, rock and roll. I'm like a TCCD kit. Like, it's like, why? I don't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, step three of the, the traditional or, or typical moped trajectory was then I spent like the next six months buying like 10 other bikes. <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't. It's, I think it's like for some people, it's like tattoos. Like you get that first one, and then the next thing you know, you've got your sleeves completely mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, like the so I kind of like started hanging out with some sh- Chicago people. Just there was like a regular like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever night ride, um, and just became in some of those folks I'm still friends with now. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just started going to rides and kind of picking up on things um, from other people. No, like, did you just find the rides? That, like I find this all. I love people's journey how they find the culture. You, you were already tech savvy and I say tech savvy, you understood how to navigate the internet enough to find forums and stuff like that. Did anybody turn you on to Moped Army or did you just kind of happen to find it through the probably Yahoo search at that time? No, I actually came across Moped Army first, like the, the back in law school, which would have been 2005 when I first thought about getting a bike and, and didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of poked around the sites then. Um, and it was just daunting to me at the time, I think. I mean, one, the, the site navigation was, if I remember correctly, just really horrible. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a subculture, right? So it's got its yep. own language, its own codes. And I, it just, there's like, ah, I don't have time to deal with this. I'm like reading thousand pages a day for school. Like, I don't want to learn a, a new essential language. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, around 2010 or so, when I actually got into it, it was, I mean, it, it was way easier then. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, just the, the existence of Treatland um, sort of changed the game. Like, you didn't have to get on the phone with weirdos in, like, Italy to, like, buy a head gasket for your, you know, for your Minarelli or whatever. Like, you just, exactly. it was just a store. Like, I think, you know, in those earlier days, it was it was a much more of a struggle. And then kind of Benji and his crew kind of got their shit together and made it much easier for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I find it, I think it's rad how you kept something kept drawing you towards mopeds. Like you said, there's this gap in there. Like you kind of checked it out. I mean, you said you kind of came from a motorsports background, but like it kept bringing you back whether you want knew it or not. I just, yeah, that part of people's journey is awesome to me. Well, it really for me and from the start and, and certainly you know, th- throughout, um, you know, they're funny to ride and like group rides are super fun, um, of course. But like if you would, you know, 
now I have two kids that are in elementary school, but he said, Oh, you, you're getting, you know, the night off. You don't have to worry about the kids. Do you want to go on a moped ride or drink a six pack and rebuild an E50 with your buddies? I would much rather the build piece. Like that was what was the most fun to me mm-hmm. was just like, I had just a, it was about a 1.5 car garage at, in those days. And, uh, it would just be like two or three buddies would come over at night after work or whatever. And we just like chain smoke cigarettes and drink PBR and like rebuild motors and you know, do whatever. And then like, that was just super fun, you know, um, listen to like rush 2112 on repeat. It was nice. Just, it was just, uh, <laughs> it was just, that was like way more fun to me. And then even just building in general, like, um, I, you know, uh, well, I, I actually, I built a bike to do moped racing here up in the Northwest in like 2012 or no, yeah, 2011, 2012, something like that. And I was just like, eh, I don't feel like giving up all those Saturdays to race. And so I sold it to somebody. And so actually two of my bikes I built ended up getting raced pretty hard. Um, and actually Jesse from the puddle cutter still has the Hobbit I built and he's racing it out in Kentucky now, I think. Uh, Jesse Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh actually in Kansas City. Like he oh, was Kansas down. City. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to throw some shade to Jesse. Like, um he had his bikes there, but uh Shane Johnson was whooping up on him pretty hard, then Tim Larson and Jake King kinda got him. So that was I just I love Jesse. He's an awesome guy. I just had to kind of bust his chops there for a half a second. Like Jesse's a hell of a builder. Hell he's got mm-hmm. a lot of great ideas. So yeah. Yeah, he's he's super mad science scientist, like like the, I think I sold that bike to somebody else and then the Hobbit, and then he ended up with it after like a few other sales, but, um, you know, it was, it was fast. I, I want to say, and I don't remember exactly, but you know, it was like, I had a GPS app and I think that bike hit like 69 miles an hour. On that's the flat fucking ground. moving dude. Yeah. Um, I did. I did 65 this summer. Like that's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary fast, but then he's like Mr. Wizard. Right. So now it's got some weird, head from another or a he's, cylinder he's from put, another i think he's putting bike. like minarelli cranks in them or something mm-hmm. like that just like why like why like awesome yeah. that's fucking rad as hell but yeah why? well that's the rad thing about jesse like he there's no theoretical or actual or, or guaranteed like performance increase but he's just i have a lathe i have a bunch of old cranks laying around and i don't know let's just see if we can make it work and it's just cool. Like his like intellectual curiosity about that stuff is just amazing. It's kind of funny because there's this uh, kid who, kid, I say, a buddy of mine, um, he, we went and got some Grand Prix a couple weeks ago. Lee's a very smart guy and he's only like, I'd say kind of been known in the scene for maybe a couple years now, but like very smart. Like he's putting a stage six on uh one Oh three. And like, just hmm. very mad science, very intelligent person. But like, he's got that lathe. It's in his garage. Like, I saw his garage eighteen months ago when he just had a Pinto and he was trying to do a fifty on fifty build. And now it's now it's kind of taken. Mopeds have kind of taken over his half of the garage. It's kind of hilarious. But you know, that's that's what this moped bug does to people. Well, yeah. I mean, I still remember kind of early on, maybe that first summer when I got into it. Um, somebody in North Carolina posted like just a grip of bikes for sale, I think in Greensboro, North Carolina or Asheville, one of those kind of college towns. And, uh, um, it was just kind of like, I was like, Oh, I want to buy them. And he's like, well, you know, you're hundreds of miles away. If you want to come and buy them, that's great, but I'm not going to keep them for you. And so I like, that was like on a Friday. So I just drove 
in my Ford Ranger all the way down to North Carolina on like a Friday night. I think I, yeah. So I, I got there maybe 10 or 11 PM and it was like two or three. No, it, was, it was two in Minarellis. They're all in terrible shape, but a couple of course. not Minarelli, um, go rally. Sorry. It was, it was a Gorelli two speed, a Gorelli single speed, both top tanks, and then just a truckload full of parts and kind of got somehow got it all to fit in the back of my Ranger but this is getting kind of late at night. And so mm -hmm. I had, I was like, screw this. I'm not going to drive straight home and fall asleep at the wheel. So I'm just going to get this big motel six or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I backed up in the parking lot to one of the light poles that, you know, lights the parking lot. Oh yeah. yeah. And then I, I got like a huge tow chain and I just wound a tow chain through all the bikes in the back of my truck and then wrapped the chain around the light pole. So dude, no that's so awesome. <laughs> Nobody then, gave a shit about these bikes, but that's how mopeders are. Like we're ultra paranoid about it. Dude, that's, but the time you don't do that, that's when somebody steals all the bikes. That's when, so. yeah, that's when the metal scrapper just happens to be driving by and yeah. Well, but, you but, know, meth, meth keeps people up for long hours at a time. So you yeah, never know. <laughs> you can prowl. Yeah. But, and then I was just paranoid the rest of the night, like just reminding myself, like when you get up tomorrow morning. Do not get in the truck and drive away until you undo that. Train. Oh, Jesus, dude. That's a good call. <laughs> like I could, yeah. Take the whole light pole down. Um, but yeah. And then had like a random dude in somewhere up in like Northern Wisconsin. sold. I got my first Hobbit, like he sold five of them. And so my buddy and I went up there. It could just, you do these like weird long trips just to, to pick that stuff up. And all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, your, your garage looks like a flea market within a matter of a couple months. Well, and you probably, and I always feel like nobody listens to the show, so I'll kind of catch you up a little bit. Lee and I both um, drove out two weeks ago to basically an hour west of Boston to pick up uh, two Grand Prix and a Mondoil and a Motobacane. And then he had to go down, we had to go a couple hours south to get a GL50, which is a, a little moped Peugeot made. And it's just like, we did that from Minnesota to and back in like a weekend. And that was like over 3000 miles of driving. It was just, yeah, it was a, it was a but, death March. And we listened that, to Christmas music the whole damn time. Man. Good. For, good for you. I guess I, uh, <laughs> that, you know, again, I'm not like, I have a couple of bikes still, but man, the, that like a Grand Prix or a Mondial, like those are two of the bikes I would actually go through the hell of yeah. like yeah. a multiple day drive just because yeah <laughs> they're so they're so rad um i'm not a huge top tank guy but and that's um, the thing about it it's not really Prix. a top tank yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the aesthetic though is, yeah. is kind of but yeah for sure it, those yeah, grand prix are so bikes. fucking rad and so weird they're on 16 inch wheels they're like yeah, adjustable yeah. handlebars like the more i get in lab bike the more i absolutely fall in love with it like yeah 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 totally um yeah, so you know, I think I was you're buying you're buying bikes. You yeah, went up like to go to years, Wisconsin. Yeah, and I just had like my crew in Chicago that I would hang out with. Just um, so those are the days, uh, you know, Petty Cash was around, and I think Hot and Ready's around that time. They they've been around for a while, but I think they kind of got their official stamp or whatever around that time. And um, Tony from the Hot and Ready's is a super rad dude, and mm -hmm. um, I, I you know. Elise, I knew her pretty well. And so they, they come out to the rides and stuff. Um, and then we, um, it was a pretty fun weekend. Like I think it was the summer of 2011. I finally did a rally just because at the time my work schedule was like seven day weeks, but um, 
there was the hot and ready's rally in chicago and the cranks in milwaukee like the day or the couple of days before that we're having like a mini rally in milwaukee so we got a crew from chicago that rode all the way up on our bikes to milwaukee so like awesome. partied with the cranks for a couple of days and then we had so we maybe went up there with i don't know maybe 10 people total but then all the cranks rode their bikes down to chicago for the nation ours rally so we probably had 50 bikes making the trek along the uh, lake michigan from milwaukee to chicago um which is such a rad ride mm -hmm. and like everybody made it yeah that was that was super fun especially if you know chicago um like north of chicago right on the lake are some of like the ritziest mm -hmm. suburbs you yeah, know ritziest yeah. parts of chicago like that's where you know the billionaires live it was just uh just a bunch of idiots on mopeds like <laughs> dirty punk out rock smoke. kids yeah. just like yeah dude like i think graham i i know graham Motsi, and like mm -hmm. i think he said nobody broke down on the way down from uh milwaukee to chicago like and like you know what i don't care if that's true or not i'm gonna go with it and that's like awesome yeah no we had a chase and i don't think anybody uh anybody had an issue and i remember one of the guys in the cranks i think his name was joel um, we were kind of at a stoplight in one of those super duper rich areas and he just kind of lifted his back tire, did like a huge smoky burnout, like right That's at the awesome. stoplight in front of all these like <laughs> Bentleys and Rolls Royces and stuff. It was super yeah. fun. Yeah, dude, that should like, there's still that fucking kid in me that like, if people are fucking putting their fingers in their ears, I'll fucking still just wrap my pipe because I'm still an angry punk rock kid inside. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, fu it's funny, like that continues for me to this day. Um, so my, my current daily driver slash track car is, it's kind of weird. Not a lot of people know about it. It's a, it's a Chevy SS uh, sedan. It's a, basically the Holden Commodore that they imported for a couple of years. So it's, mm -hmm. it's basically, it's a four door bland rental car looking thing, but it's got a LS three limited slip, six speed manual. And then I did headers and the cam and stuff on it. So my car sounds like a NASCAR Dude, car essentially so happy what and, year and, i remember reading about that what years are the was that that was on like the lumina platform or no it was a straight up australian holding platform top to oh. bottom because it's oh, rear wheel wow. drive yeah okay so yeah it's 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 a weird one it's basically a um a four-door camaro like modern mm -hmm. camaro essentially you know with the ls motor but um it's to your point you're making like we live in tesla central here in our part of town and so I go pick up my kids from school and it's like silent <laughs> Tesla, silent Tesla, electric Volvo. And then my car like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just that's a fucking it, you know, camming out on everybody. Yeah. Everybody's just fucking giving you the death stare probably. Well, yeah. And it's got a decent cam. It's got a, a decent overlap. So, I mean, it idles real rich. So it just yeah. smells like a gas station at idle. So um, I, I care very much about the environment, um, but in, part of me can't give that up. So i i recycle i do all the good things like that but i i'm there with you yeah yeah motors i can't get away from dude i'm sorry yeah totally totally <laughs> um, um so you're in chicago you're doing that stuff you're like hang you're you're meeting you're out with the folks um what at this point like you decided to you said you decided to do a rally and after that like what was the farthest out you actually got away to do a rally then like i think that's I think the travel, somebody once said like motorcycle people for like them, the journey is the adventure, but for like moped people, like 
we have to get there and then we have our adventure type of deal. Yeah, no, I didn't travel too, too much. Um, Cause that first year I did Milwaukee and Chicago and then moved to Portland. And then oh, okay. the, like a month after I moved to town, the cutters had their rally. And then the following summer went up to Seattle for mosquito fleet. Um, but right around then like had my first kid. And so like a four day journey to like, you know, like the late birds down in LA or, or, uh, creatures or whatever, um, was just going to be tough to tough to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also too, like I said, like I'm, I have much more fun or had much more fun just turning bolts in the garage. Um, then like rallies are super fun. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but, um, I don't know that, that, that wasn't like the highlight for me, I guess. Yeah, And everybody's got their own journey, dude. That's fucking rad. Like you, you find that satisfaction there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, like, I was a little bit older. And so, and I don't know, maybe, maybe the other uphill battle guys would disagree. But like at rallies, I felt a little bit like I had to keep an eye on everybody to make sure. And I'm sure there were times when people had to keep an eye on me, too. I'm not like judging, but like, there was an extra layer of anxiety there where I'm like, eh, like, you know, I don't, I don't need like, if those people come here, I'd love to meet them. But I'm just I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down there. Um, But yeah, so you know, for, for me, it was largely just the creativity and like learning to weld and, um, learning carburetor tuning like that. That's kind of what really hooked me. Mm-hmm. Right on. So you said you had moved out, uh, you moved to Portland, um, had the first kid and what, what prevented you from like either joining a club out in Chicago or in Portland? Was it just, it wasn't your bag. Nobody asked. Like, I know somebody who's very prominent in the seen around here and like i give him crap about all the time he's giving me the next prospect like nobody's asked him and i'm like what like and i'm just bringing that up because like what was your experience like that well chicago i just had my buddies mm-hmm. and like you know we'd spend two or three nights a week like work wrenching on bikes or whatever like and i don't know we just never really had the need to like say okay we're gonna now brand ourselves as this like oh no we hang out and we're friends and we don't need to like you know have like matching jackets or whatever but it was funny um kind of as a joke my house in chicago was in actually right outside city limits in an area called oak park and that's where um frank lloyd wright was based the architect Mm -hmm. so we we joked that our name was the frank lloyd riders like w like start riders starting with a w and so we like had like stickers made and stuff but that was kind of a joke um but then when I moved to Portland, um, I just kind of gravitated to the upper battle guys and just, it was actually kind of like Chicago in that it was just, we were just friends and we were hanging out all the time. It was just okay. kind of like self-selection, I think in a way. Um, were they already established as kind of a buddy group or like how, how did that all happen? That's kind of what my thing is. Yeah. I mean, the, some of those guys that were around longer than me probably know the history better, but they, they had been around for a number of years um and uh and i think they'd already had applied to to ma for like official status in a prior year so they, they'd been around at least for three or four years maybe more mm-hmm. um before I, sort of i got got to town but i think um they had i think maybe it wasn't until i think 2013 maybe or maybe it's 2012 but anyway at some point to, to start doing rallies again i think they've been kind of quiet on the or at least they'd always they'd always done the the ride 
uh, and I think Joe talked about it when he was on the show not too long ago, but there's this Wicklemania thing in Portland where all the breweries in town opened their taps and for samples and they would do a ride to like a dozen different breweries. And then the, I think it maybe in 2012, it was like, okay, let's actually make this a rally and invite, invite people and make it legit. And so mm-hmm. um, I think people got kind of reinvigorated about around that time. And that's kind of why we did all that stuff. Right on, right on. Um, trying to ask if you, at this point, like what's your hoard like for bikes? Are you, collect, are you still kind of collecting and shuffling or? Yeah, for sure. Um, um, probably I'm kind of guessing, but what's your, what's your platform of choice? Cause some people are just good renters. They can work on everything. Yeah, that's great. But like, if you had a bike, what's your, what's your bike of choice? I mean, I still, I still have a Hobbit, uh, with a stock cylinder that I ride. I mean, oh, I think, wow. dude, that's I th- awesome. I think the Hobbit, the Hobbit is probably my most frequent bike. I probably had a dozen of them over the years, uh, a couple stock and modified up until the, you know, the, the fast race one. But, um, I still remember the first time I rebuilt, uh, Minarelli V1, it was just like, okay, this is how moped motors should be built. Like, you know, people complain about, the, or not even complain, but like, oh, I got to be careful. There's so many shims and. Um, you know, it is, it's way more complex than an E50, um, but it's, it's not nearly as complex as the B18s we are we are building for our Honda. So it's like, it's still, it's still a moped motor, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of three hours to rebuild it, it takes you five hours or whatever. Um, and the V1 is just an awesome motor and it revs super high. Like, so yeah, if you were like, oh, you should build a moped, I'd probably try to source another V1. I had this awesome, I forget that the model name was Blanco. It was it was a step through. I can't remember the, um, yeah, I can't remember the manufacturer, but it had a V1. It was just a little step through with the V1. Mm-hmm. And I, I got one of the last banana blaster pipes that were like in the country before they stopped making them. It was just super loud. Revs Who the made moon. it? See, that's the first time I've heard of banana blaster. Cause like I've been around for about three, or at least in the moped scene, like three years, but like a little bit like yourself, like I grew up around motorsports. So like I came in kind of knowing how to turn a wrench, but it's the history aspect. I still dig learning about. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't know too much about that pipe. I think it was originally a Gorelli pipe, but, um, who was producing it? Man, I think they probably sourced it from overseas somewhere, some no okay. name. I don't think it was branded at all. I think 77. And actually, if I remember correctly, it was, uh, I wanted, there was like a blaster, which is kind of like a straight configuration. Um, well, I mean, it was still an expansion chamber, but it was kind of straight. And then the banana blaster, which kind of started at the exhaust manifold. And then it really was exactly the shape of a banana. Oh, awesome, um, dude. And I ordered the regular one because I thought the banana one was stupid. And then when my 77 order came, the banana one was in there and with like a note from them saying, sorry, we're out of the, the one you ordered. So here, take, take this one. I was like, oh, okay, sweet. Thanks. Well, at least he got something from them. I mean, yeah. yeah. From my understanding, that was always the trick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think, I think Amazon has spoiled everyone and like you click buy on something and then you want it to be in your mailbox tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember like these moped stores are, you know, with all due respect, like to the treats guys or Dan or 77, like it's still just a small operation oh, and, yeah. um, you know, very understaffed. They don't have like robots picking through a giant warehouse <laughs> with barcodes. So I don't know. I've always been pretty, 
uh, pretty understanding about that because it, it, it's just, you know, that's just, it's just a difficult thing to do. Oh, they do. I am utterly in debt to Treatland. Like they are so fucking rad and like mm -hmm. they're, I'm going to have stuff by Christmas. Like that's awesome. Like I ordered yeah. it on Sunday and they were, I already was getting notifications. Shit was getting packed. Like how fucking rad is that? And like dose the same thing. Like you just email them up. Can you find this weird wheel for me? Yep. Two days later, it's here in Minnesota. Like I fucking love dose. I love 77. Those guys are been nothing but great to me. I just, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just started hanging out with the uphill battle guys and, um, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I had a, like a, a house I lived in with my wife. I think at that point we just had our first kid. Like, I'm not going to host a party. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let a uh, crust punk sleep on my couch. Like I have to get divorced for that. Like, yeah. so it was like, well, how can I contribute? And like, so it was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll be in charge of the trailer. Cause like, that's something I could do on my own time while my kids asleep to like edit it and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I don't haven't followed like rallies in a while. So I don't know what trailers are like now, but like that was they were kind of a big deal back in the day and i still remember um i think for the hot and ready's rally in 2011 they did a, a short trailer and i think it was tony although maybe it was somebody else um the the clip was just somebody riding a moped around various sites in chicago i think at night and and uh the, and i don't think they ever showed his face but he was the rider was wearing sweatpants and throughout the whole video he just like had this humongous boner because he was so excited to be riding around <laughs> chicago and i think at the end he like got off the bike and stood up and it was just this boner sticking out of sweatpants and that's fucking was, like, hilarious yeah it was so good and i was like okay yeah i i want to see what i can do in in, in like a lot of things and for, i think for a lot of people in mopeds for whatever reason it kind of kind of came from skateboarding because when I was like in high school and college, uh, you know, f with buddies, like filming skateboard tricks and stuff um, with, you know, tape, tape based camcorders. Mm -hmm. And you, so you have like an hour of this hour tape filled up and, you know, an hour of skate footage means you have two minutes of cool tricks. Exactly. And then like 97% it? of it's falling. Yeah. 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 It, but we like, Oh, you want to put, put together like a video of your crew. You have to get like two VCRs. And then you hit record at the right time and then pause and then it, but it's, it also degrade. It was just painstaking and you couldn't put words on the screen, like mm. unless you had professional equipment. So when I was in law school, um, like we had this, uh, like the school had this like talent show, but then we also did like interspersed with like parody videos. And my buddy at school um, got uh, like generation one of Adobe Premiere and had like a digital camcorder and i was just it blew my mind because i, I like longed for the day when i could just click a couple buttons and just slice clips and add music mm -hmm. and hit slow-mo and it was just this whole world opened up so i did a bunch of videos in law school um so i had a i had a pretty good background in editing and so that's why i kind of took over the, the trailer thing yeah well you're i can tell just by this little chat you're a pretty creative person anyways especially when it comes to physical things like that whether it be motors or editing and like now the stuff is so freaking easy if a knucklehead like me can figure out how to edit videos like anybody can do it like i'll say this like i 
there's I'm in this weird gap. Like I think a lot of new, and I'm still very new. I'll be the first one to admit it. Like I had like a season of rallies, which was basically like a few months in 2019, and then Rona. So like mm-hmm. it, I'm the only ones I can really remember for that year was I think the Crypt Keepers might have done one, and I'm probably going to get yelled at because I don't know all this shit, but I'm pulling off the top of my head, people. And then um, the Dead Possums did one for their rally bike. Like, they did some cool stuff. They did, like, a Jurassic Park-themed one. And those ones are the only ones I really remember from 2019. Um, And that's, that. you know, I think that would be rad to see um coming this year because i mean the rally calendar we're in december and it's there's stuff happening and i think there's going to be rallies coming back this coming year i would love to see crews throw a fucking video together i mean jason i don't know how much you've kind of paid attention like um jason from black black he his uh youtube channel he did just a funny e50 rebuild him and um thomas from the rebel rousers it's fucking hilarious i'll send you the link if you haven't seen it yet um it just every newbie redneck dumb trick ever and that's it's silly moped stuff i get caught up in taking this shit too serious it's dumb toys but you know what we love them yeah 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 totally i mean you you, i don't know but my philosophy with it was always just like this is this is like partially performance art and partially a joke um and and you know taking it seriously just took all the fun out of it like i don't know like i mean you you want you don't want to just like you know do shitty work and like build a motor that blows up every two weeks or whatever like you know you take certain elements of it seriously but um you know there was a strain and that's kind of why I kind of got not really got out of it, but it was kind of bummed me out back in the day was, um, you know, it was kind of right at the sort of peak of popularity of Sons of Anarchy on TV. (laughs) And like, there's this kind of Sons of Anarchy mentality, like, oh, we know, we actually we're buddies with some some actual biker gangs. And, you know, we're we're a tight crew and we'll cut you, man. Yeah. All right. You know, that that's fine if that's your thing. But, you know, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to weld two Honda Expresses together and make a tall bike, you know? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how seriously we take it. Yeah. No. And that's, that's a good point. Cause like, again, it's some people and that works for them and that's awesome. And then some people want to just make a unicorn bike where it's all rainbow colors. I mean, it's back to like Goshen. They, that was their rally bike. It's literally all, that was awesome. I did. I saw the I saw the photo of that. It was that was really rad. I love that one. Yeah, and I was actually I forget his name. The guy who runs Goshen Mopeds, um, he did Moped Monday, um, because Crypt Keepers are trying to get into MA. I don't think they made it this year, but like we we're just talking. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. I love what you're doing. Next time I drive through, um, Goshen, I gotta stop in. And we drove through Goshen, but I'm like, hey, if you ever see a grand prix for sale let me know i'll buy it from you he's like oh that's cool the very next day those grand prix came up for sale no and i'm just like dude honestly i look for, people are gonna hate me and i'm still talking about weeks later but like i honestly looked for a grand prix for a week and found one and there was a 
pretty reasonable price. So like some people look for years apparently. Like it took me a week. Yeah. That that that's so like those rare bikes though. Um I have dumb luck like that in life. Sometimes yeah, they just kind of they just kind of pop up. Um and yeah, certain people spend years looking for stuff and never do and then somebody just happens to talk to the right person at the right time and um yeah, I mean you know they're they're always out there. I mean, fortunately, you're in the Midwest, which mm-hmm. you know, we're we're I, just flooded I, with pooks and hobbits. Yeah, I mean, the Midwest sort of RV scene in the '70s and early '80s was like the epicenter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm probably mansplaining to you right now, but I, I'm, what I remember the story being too was that at least pooks and maybe some other makes um, their port of inch point of entry into the u.s the port of entry was like on lake erie or so like they were imported into cleveland like they i don't know exactly the exact story they came in through canada i don't know at any rate um you know compared to out here for example Mm -hmm. they're you know mopeds are when i moved out here everyone was like you know how do you have 13 running bikes like are you a millionaire (laughs) and like no i think think my last hobbit i paid 80 dollars for and like oh yeah no they're like 900 here because they're so rare so and and that's the thing that you're 100 percent right we are spoiled here like i got sent uh an ad for a bike that was you know it's pretty desirable everywhere it was like for 100 bucks i'm like no like i have too many bikes in my garage they're getting into my basement at this point like i yeah. don't need like i don't need more bikes like and i say this and people think it's a goddamn fucking joke and it's not you don't need to send me advertisements all day at work like i get advertisements from like about four or five people like hoarder eric uh, who i've dubbed like he'll send me advertisements like hey jim there's a hot there's a hobbit for 100 bucks and yeah i'll probably fucking buy it but you know right. i'll do it begrudgingly like right right drag my feet like fine but well well i mean you, you know it, at some point the that train's gonna stop right like mm-hmm. all the bikes will at some point be bought and modded to hell and wrecked mm-hmm. you know so you're like oh well you know it might you know hobbits might get kind of rare and i might want to build one someday and so i, I should buy it now while i can it's like that kind of weird mentality because mm-hmm. you know there's a finite number of them yeah in the world they stopped making them but 30 years ago 32 mm-hmm. years ago so it's like oh i better buy them now because you know, they're, they're eventually the world supply of mopeds is going to run out. Yeah. And we say this and tomorrow there will be some weird horde come up for sale on Craigslist or something like that. And they will be like hundred bucks a pop like that. Yeah. And I agree. There's a finite, we're going to run out eventually, but like as soon I've had this conversation like two or three times with people. And then I see this weird like farmer come up with a horde or somebody in the community will like look at these 12 expresses i just picked up like what the fuck how what, what yeah okay yeah 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 you know it, that was it's reminding me um when i was still in chicago we drove down to north carolina to visit my in-laws and um i think in ohio like i found I can't remember what bikes. It was actually that Blanco with a Mineral AV1 and, and mm-hmm. something, or maybe it was just that one. But anyway, uh, rented an SUV to go drive down and see my in-laws and bought that bike in Ohio on the way down. <laughs> and then I think I strapped it to the roof because it was like, it's a rental car. I don't care if I dent the roof. And uh, got we got to the my, insurance. Yeah, yeah. We paid the extra 12 bucks a day. Um, and uh, 
my father-in-law says, oh, you know, down the road, there's a motorcycle junkyard. And I was like, what? You know? So yeah. I, uh, I went there uh, when I had a little bit of spare time. We were visiting and um, there was like a grip of mopeds in the junkyard. And it was like a weird track top tank. And there was some, you know, pook and, and Hobbit stuff. There was just a bunch. So I just like, it was like supermarket sweep because mm-hmm. they, um, this junkyard, you paid by the pound. Mm. So like I could have bought everything they had. It'd be like a hundred pounds. That's like 10 <laughs> bucks or something. And, uh, and basically just, to- I bought one of those roof bags for SUVs because I just, it was full of parts and just drove home from North Carolina with just like a giant duffel bag full of mopeds and moped parts on the roof of this truck, which, <laughs> which the roof looked like a golf ball by the time I got home from all the dents. I'm sure um, enterprise uh, rejected your membership at that point. Yeah. I don't, re- I, don't I don't think there's ever any repercussions, but um, the other funny thing about the trip was my father-in-law is an ER doctor okay. and he's telling my wife, you know, she's like, Oh yeah, he's going to go check and look for moped parts. He's like, Oh, he likes mopeds. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, he didn't get a DUI. Did he? And she's like, <laughs> no. And apparently in North Carolina and you, you may, you might know folks down there that, you know, or maybe the buzzer guys might know or something, but apparently if it's 49 CC, you do not need to have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And so when drunks get enough DUIs that they lose their license, they buy old mopeds. Um, and they call according again, according to my father-in-law, they call them liquor cycles. Cause he oh, would always, dude, that's beautiful. Cause he, he being in the ER, he would have to patch those guys up cause they, oh. you know, they'd have to get on a moped to go to the bar cause they lost their license and they'd ride home shit faced and crash. And then he'd be the, you know, he'd be the <sighs> surgeon that stitches them back together. So he was super concerned that I was like a wino or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking awesome. Uh, and things, I think any doctor in the ER, cause I was in a really bad moped accident a few years ago. Uh, they saved my life. So yeah, props, even though he wasn't there props to him for being a good well, doctor. Well, and so, so that you raise a good point too, because if you're in mopeds long enough, you know, people who've had this gnarly, these gnarly wrecks and, and usually not their fault, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody's at a stoplight, yep. it gets rear-ended or T-boned at someone blows red light. And again, I having, you know, I think at the time when I just kind of was over mopeds, my kids, I had two kids at that point and I hadn't had my big wreck, but I knew it's not a matter of when it's, mm-hmm. or if it's a matter of when, and I was like, man, I, I think I'm, I should quit while I'm ahead. Like I haven't, I haven't been in traction yet, but everybody else has, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, and you found that horror and I was like, my mind goes in a thousand different spots. Yeah, we yeah. have a really good um, motorcycle salvage yard um, south of the Metro sport wheels. And like, it's just funny. Cause like I, same thing like you can go there and i could trip over a rear wheel a rear hobbit wheel with a rear pulley on it and like get it for like 20 bucks mm-hmm. like if i want i can mm-hmm. go there today and do that like i've got five i'm good um yeah <laughs> but when you talk about uphill battle and kind of doing their video edits and you kind of talk about backing away a little bit like what started that was that i mean it doesn't sound like your uh, wife really got into mopeds. Did she? Did she ever ride, or just not her thing? No, it's uh, you know, 
so again, having a father who's an ER doctor, um, you know, he, he, he didn't like forbid her from doing anything, but they just, her family was pretty physically cautious. So mm-hmm. no skiing, no snowboarding, you know, no mopeds, etc. Um, so she's just like super cautious, like physically. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm the opposite, you know, <laughs> like if I see a stairwell, I try to figure if I can like jump off it on my skateboard or whatever, like that's yeah, just yeah. my mentality. You um, kind of balance the scale for you too. Yeah, exactly. The, the yin and the yang for sure. Um, but, uh, but like, you know, she likes all those guys, like, and we would host uphill battle Thanksgiving at our house and stuff. Cause we had more space than, than most people. And, and you know, she, she's super good sport about it, but she just, she wasn't into, into the riding aspect. Um, but she, and she helped actually did help with filming of some of the videos as well. Cause that was, that was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, that, that trailer is fucking, it's pretty dope. Like the amount of work that went into it, like I I can understand now. Like you guys fucking worked. It's awesome. Like that's why I say it's probably the best one I've ever seen. Yeah, and I don't know if it's out there. So the first one we did was, um, shoot, what was the what was the name of our first rally? Um, uh, Learn to Love Again was the second. What's Love Got to Do with It was the third. In the I don't know. I'm told I'm I said that. I've got the stickers of it in my closet right there, but I'm just not remembering it. But anyway, the first trailer. So girl skate our chocolate skateboards came out with their video pretty sweet around that time. And the, the pretty sweet skate video opened up with, and Spike Jones owns our partner of that company. So he helped mm-hmm. like with all the stuff And the first five minutes of the video is one continuous shot where the camera just kind of is on a boom or something or on a helicopter. And it just goes through and all the, 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 the team riders are just doing all this stuff. And so it's five minutes of no cut. So everything had to be perfect because one guy yeah. makes a mistake and then you're back. And so I was like, you know, challenge accepted. So our first rally trailer, <laughs> um, we miraculously got everybody in the gang to my house. on like, I think it was a Saturday um, and shot the entire trailer. Without are we talking after cut. lunch at this point? Because getting moped people in one spot in the morning can be difficult. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Joe Joe Pegg's in the gang, so I think more, <laughs> two two p.m. constitutes morning. Or at least, oh yeah, yeah, then. we'll call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we got we actually got everybody to show up, and it was rad. Like, um, one of our friends, um, so we basically had a the the shot was like all the members were in different parts of my house, and the camera just kind of walked through the house, and we just do like a show what each person's doing. And our friend, I think it was Crystal, one of the gas cats, filmed it. And she would just, because the, the video didn't have any audio, it was just a music background. So there was no speaking. She was just yelling directions like, Mike, I'm coming your way. Get ready, you know, and screaming the stuff. And we shot the whole thing and in uh, like totally in one take. And it was like just the most miraculous thing. I mean, it, it, you know, turned out, you know, it's not exactly Scorsese or whatever. But, but it's dude, still fuck re- that. Re- you guys sound like you worked hard on it. It's fucking yeah. you still take pride in it. Yeah, yeah. And the funniest, I mean, I, I should see if I could find that and send it to you. But definitely um, I'll th- throw it up because this stuff there's a gener and I'm sorry for interrupting you all the time because yeah. I get so excited. Like there's a generation of us that like third wave of mopeders, I'll say, like that are starting to discover this shit. It's like this is fucking rad. Like I dig this shit and it gets me excited just to be a part of the scene and like seeing the stuff and like 
yeah, I'm sorry. I just get excited because like, dude, this is cool shit. People should still be doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it was super, it was super fun to do. Um, and, uh, the, the two funniest parts and again, I'll try to send it to you, but, um, so again, the camera's flowing through my house and like looks to the left and one of the guys doing laundry and there's like, you know, a bunch of chocolate pudding and a pair of boxers. So it looks like he's like folding like shitty underwear or whatever. And one guy's <laughs> in the bathtub. Um, but Joe, so it goes into like our guest bathroom and Joe Peg is in there and he's sitting on the toilet and he's like reading and he flips open like a, like a playboy um, centerfold, you know, where it's yeah. like super long, but the, the magazine is like one of my wife's quilting magazines. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like sitting on the toilet having a J.O. sesh, but it's like modern quilter or whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. fucking rad. Um, and then, uh, the like the the end of the video so as the camera went past each person they would run back out the back door and go in front of the house that way when the last person is seen the camera goes out to the front of the house and we're all lined up on our bikes right outside the front um and then caleb one of our buddies he's actually one of the puddle cutters uh, and somebody else i forgot who um had two like home depot buckets full of i don't remember if it was i think it was beer I think it was, or maybe it was supposed to look like beer. Anyways, liquid, probably water, whatever. And then like pounds and pounds of candy hearts and like dumped it off our garage roof onto all of our heads. And so we just like got doused with candy hearts and water because it was like a Valentine's themed rally, right which it was like January in Portland isn't like January in Minnesota for sure, but it's also still not a good time to get no. like five gallons of water dumped on <laughs> no, your head. It sounds so, terrible. Like it's still um, Northern part of the country and like i always tell people like yeah you hear me complain and whine about like the weather in minnesota but like i'm used to it like everybody gets used to the weather and so like in january it's cold for fucking everybody like yeah yeah the, the thing about that too having come from chicago is you, you you know i was used to it for the first 33 or whatever years of my life um mm -hmm. but your body gets unused to it very very fast <laughs> yeah like I, people I, aren't I, people aren't naturally supposed to live in 10 degrees no, I still remember coming back to Chicago, like for the holidays, that first year I moved to Portland and uh, waiting for a cab outside of O'Hare. And I was like, holy shit, like I used to live in this, like I, <laughs> my skin, whatever layers of skin that kept me warm through those first 30 years were gone by the time I spent <laughs> three months in Portland. Yeah, dude, I, I keep on, um, I had Tony from uh, Cross Valley Air Cooled on last week, like I keep on goading somebody south to have a rally in like February. So like I can fucking unthaw a little bit. Like that was the rad thing when um they had that Tampa rally a couple years ago. Like everybody from the north, and it was cold in Tampa. It was like 60s. But like everybody from who was like there's some Chicago boys there, uh Ryan from the cranks, and like I had flown in. Nobody knew nobody, I was I'm still a nobody in the scene, but like nobody knew who I was. I, I was smiling the whole fucking weekend because it was like 60, 65 degrees and I had just left 10 degree weather. So like we need some Southern rallies in the wintertime. Just, I, not, I don't care if it's like LA South or like, you know, Georgia South. We need warm rallies for us Northerners. Um, Yeah. yeah well, and to your point about not knowing anybody, like that was one of the rad things that you notice about mopeds largely is um you would you know you'd be at a rally and you're drinking this is like this dude you you know you know like or, or a woman or whatever that you see at like the, the thursday night meetup and the friday 
and like you end up like in the beer line with them like ah so you know who'd you go who'd you roll out here with like oh no i just came by myself Mm -hmm. and it's like sweet and then like by the end of the rally um like that person has like 80 new I mean, back then it was Facebook. Like I avoid Facebook as much as possible now, but like, good for you. It's just hugely, you like make these huge amounts of friends and people just are super welcoming. Cause we're all, it's like the Island of Misfit Toys. We're just glad to have one more Misfit toy to, to hang out with. Exactly. Um, that's cause again, if you're into mopeds, there's something wrong with you to begin with. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Like how people get, how, how weird we can get with each other. It's like, dude, we're all fucking crazy. Okay, let's let's concede the lap fact and like let's move forward. Um yeah. you talked about backing away and like the family life and whatnot. Like, was there a moment where you just said, Okay, I need to just step back at this point? Or was there any because you still, from my understanding, you still ride, but you're just you just weren't active in uphill back. Like I heard some rumblings, you guys are kicking up dust a little bit, but like um was there a point that you just kind of decided, okay, I need to focus more on the home life or. No, I think it was more organic. It was just like, you know, we would, we would have meetings, like there was weekly rides and then we had gang meetings once a month on like the second Friday or Thursday, whatever, every month. And, um, you know, I, I moved to, to the other side of the river from all those guys. So it was kind of a hike for me to get to the rides. So I wasn't going to the rides as much. Um, and then like the meetings, um, got to be kind of a drag. It's just getting out there and like, um, yeah, it just like, it, I, I don't know. It just like anything else, like the priorities just shifted. So it wasn't like this line of demarcation where I'm like, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like work, work stuff got real busy too, um so it was just yeah it was just like a conglomeration of, of factors i still like i'm still in a uh fantasy football league with those guys and we get together well i didn't get together this year in person for the draft obviously but um like we still talk and like you know we're still buddies and everything it's just i think everybody is kind of like uh we just want to do other stuff and i think that like that same that same curiosity in weirdness that kind of brings people into mopeds can also like make you tired of it. Like, okay, let's do something else now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was like, I'm getting back into cars. Like I have more space. I have a little bit more money um, where I can spend a little bit on, on car stuff. And um, also if I get rear-ended in a car, I, you know, I don't have to show <laughs> up for work in a, in like a body cast for the next six months. So yeah, it was just, just a whole bunch of circumstances really. I mean, they're still right. hilarious and they're still awesome. Like I still, like I have a, I still have a, a two stroke leaf blower <laughs> and like, I still like love the sound and smell of a two stroke. Like it's just the coolest thing. Um, so it's always, it's always like in your DNA for, for a certain extent. Well, you said you still have a couple bikes, didn't you? you said you got like a, what do you got in your garage right now? And how often do you actually get out to ride? Well, now, I mean, so we, I mean, I, I, a, I know it's winter time and it's hard and blah, blah, blah. Well, but like, even, even worse. So I, I'll, I mean, I'll die with that Hobbit just cause it's a stock Hobbit and it never breaks. And it's got, um, uh, a Proma and clutch springs, like your typical, like stock, uh, stock cylinder Hobbit build. And it's awesome. Um, and then I have a spree, which is just hilarious. Um, but it, two years ago I moved to a new house and our house is on this 
insanely steep hill. Um, and neither of those bikes can make it up the hill without like pushing them up. And so, but because prior to that, it was, yeah, like I'm going to run to the, the store to grab a six pack. Like I'm just going to throw it in the back of the moped. And so I, I'd ride them like every couple of days, but like now I got to figure something out because the, the, you, you the own a very rated bike, my guy. Like it's still, dude, this hill is gnarly. It's like the FedEx driver won't deliver to our house because he said our streets too dangerous. No, <laughs> just oh, like that was, um, <laughs> the, I grew up on a steep hill and probably not anything like that, but like, I just remember mowing that and whatnot. Like when my ex-wife and I were um, looking at houses, I said, I will not live on a hill. Fuck that. Like I, I, in Portland, a little different situation, but like, God bless you, my son, because I could not live on a hill. I just PTSD is just rolling back in my head right now of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank, <laughs> thank God. Like we have a, a yard that's flat. Like we graded it up a little bit. Nice. But, um, but the, the, the fun thing is like when it snows and we're, we're at a thousand foot elevation here. So we're above Portland, mm -hmm. like in the, in the Hills and um, awesome. Dude. So we, we actually do get snow up here and when it snows, we can't leave our house like straight oh, wow. up you would yeah. die and and so we just like we got i think six inches last winter and just couldn't go into work just when i was working from home anyway but um uh took the kids out sledding down our street and like my neighbor and i were snowboarding nice um, dude and then we just got so annoyed being stuck at home because it was like four days of that and then so like all the dads in our neighborhood like got shovels and we shoveled a two track all the way down the hill just so that we could get away from our families to like go to Home Depot. Fuck this, <laughs> we're going Lamar. Come on. Yeah. It's like, all right, we gotta we gotta do something. So it's like so gnarly, like because the snow was melting. So you know that heavy melting snow oh, where yeah. like each little square inch weighs about two pounds, but it's yep. like we just gotta do it. That's hilarious. Um yeah, dude, that that yeah, I was just like I said, I was just shoveling before this episode because that's what I do now. I I do shop improvements and I shovel snow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to build a garage right now, so hopefully some shop improvements will be in my future too. But it's construction here is crazy in in Portland. It's just insane. Uh, well, it's a very desirable area, and then I imagine there's just so many ins and outs you gotta go through, and you're up in the hills like yeah i can't even imagine um i'm just my improvements are just you know different shelves like not a whole yeah, yeah. hot shop itself um, but that's super fun though i mean like talking about like the building um i loved like by the last two garages like i have those you know the stall tall steel cabinets Yep. You know, they're maybe like three feet wide by six feet tall or whatever, just thin steel. Like I had, that's like everything in my shop was on wheels. Like I okay. just bought casters. Like I probably like had a saw table on everything on casters. And it's just fun to like take a Saturday and just roll all the shit out of there and then like reconfigure it. Say, huh, I wonder if this will be better. You know, <laughs> so I, I love tweaking that stuff. Dude, that's fucking rad. Like I, my garage was built in the fifties. So like, you know, Midwest, every floor, no floors are straight. They're all cracked because frozen ground half the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I've got mine's all right and whatnot, but like I'm just I had to have neighbor Pat help me move a it's an old filing cabinet that like instead of like the drawers kind of pull out the comes out sideways. So mm -hmm. like I was I had one one of my other cubby hole shelves, like I was pulling varied or spring I was 
rear pulley springs out and like i'm like oh finally i can actually see what i have instead of like it it's just gonna make life a lot easier pulling cylinders down i can okay i can actually look i think i got that idea possibly from maze like i think he's got that set same setup in his garage more or less but like mm-hmm. it's just it's gonna be so much nicer but now I, i'm getting so organized i'm actually gonna have to start working on bikes again um it sounds yeah dude i i hope you i hope you get that hobbit going so you can climb a hill you know i know i know it's uh it's uh i'll, I'll probably work on it this summer once my garage is built because right now we just have like an outdoor carport and it's just i don't I don't work out on stuff outside in the rain. I'm just I'm no. past that point in my life at this yep. point. Um, like I'll dr- like I've got to do some different stuff for my rear hitch, and I'll drive an hour to go to my buddy's dad shop, yeah. just so I can have a lift because I'm not working on the fucking concrete in the wintertime. Like I did that as a kid. Nope, not gonna do it. And then I can see old man Merlin. But yeah, I have I have a um uh uh this so I don't know if you've heard of the Gambler. It's like a the gambler 500 it's a 500 yeah, yeah. mile off-road rally yeah so i've done that a couple times and i have a um a mercedes ml320 that i bought for 1500 bucks that i that's my gambler rig and out here we have what's called deq inspection in illinois it's called the missions inspection but basically air air check and uh, it was finally due and for that reason i was putting it off because i was like i don't want to I, ha- I know I have a check engine light. I don't want to deal with it. I want to work on my back outside. But it was like coming up to the time when it was due. And I was like, shit, I have to do it. Like I can't avoid <laughs> yeah. it. And so I couldn't get the code to clear out, did the drive cycle, did the drive cycle, put a new O2 sensor in, did the drive cycle, did the drive cycle. It didn't work. And it was like, shit, it's due tomorrow. Like my le- registration gets taken away. And so I just drove to the DEQ, which I tested. Uh, it's like 20 miles away. And the check engine light, the code, my code reader was still on. And I was like, I was hoping that maybe on the drive over, it would go out, but no avail. Um, but I was like, well, I'm here. Let me at least go through and maybe I'll, by some miracle, I'll pass and um, go through the inspection. And they plugged the thing into the OBD2 port. And I was like, huh, he didn't really notice the check engine light, but he's, he's going to see it when he has this thing, his scanner plugged in, it's going to pull a code. Yep. And all of a sudden he comes back in the office. He's like, okay, that'll be $25. And I was like, like, I felt like I just got away with like a bank heist or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I got to get the fuck out of here now. <laughs> yeah, I did. So I gave him, the, I swiped my card or whatever. I pulled out, I put the stickers on the plates, like right then and there. Yeah. The you can't lot. take them away, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a lawyer, like statute of limitations or something, you know? Um, so yeah, but it was, it was all just because I did not want to work outside and lay on the blacktop under a car. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm spoiled at this point. Oh, dude. Well, you're older. And, like, everybody who's, like, worked outside and they get older, like, nope, that ain't happening. To, unless I absolutely have to for one reason or another. Like, right. I don't want to work out. I'm a, I think my, yeah, I just, I like being inside. I like being in, like, 70 degrees. Like, I pay a lot of money for heat in the winter. You want to know why? I can walk around shorts in my house and I'm because I, I make adult money. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm totally. going to be comfortable. I'm going to be comfortable. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it makes a big difference. Um, oh, and before I forget you, you're talking about that trailer, like the, um, when we didn't get into Moped Army and we did that. Yes. Concession the conce- speech. God. I, uh, cause that's reminded me cause 
Joe Pegg asked me if I had that because I think because he's talking to you about it. Yep. And so I watched it, you know, a month or two ago for the first time forever. And um, I've mostly for, like forgotten. I remember we did it, but I didn't remember like the content. And it's super funny because um, I definitely, that video is proof of why the director job and the editor job are two different people. Cause I think that video is something like 11 minutes long or something like one, <laughs> like, like I needed an editor for sure. Um, but two, so if you notice there's like the news ticker yep. flashing with all the news stories at the bottom, like one of them had a typo and I was just like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's like the thing I notice now. That's where I am at in life. I'm noticing typos on news tickers. So that's yeah, how, it's, on, that's how on exciting. A on a fake thing that's not yeah. real it's like it yeah, just yeah cemented yeah. in time yeah yeah that's... but uh but yeah that was totally influenced by um what's the show with kevin spacey that's not on anymore uh, oh yeah, yeah house yeah, of yeah. cards yep like i was trying to do like a sleazy southern uh legislator see kind of what vibe. i got what was that one hbo show that was like based in baltimore um, it was like supposed to be the greatest show ever, which was really good. And I can't the wire think of, the wire. I was yeah. getting the vibe from the councilman on the steps of something like talking about how they need to protect the homeless because the yeah. homeless kept getting killed. Like I kind of got that vibe from it. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, I, I watched that was, right around that time too. So that was probably in my it was sleazy well. politician, dude, like yeah, just doing yeah, yeah. that thing. Like, dude, and it was it, fucking and, funny as hell. And it was, it was super funny because I remember when we filmed it, um, uh, you know, I had written it ahead of time, but no one else, I didn't like share it with anyone. Mm -hmm. And so Matt Hoffman, who's standing behind me. Um, so he's like the security guy with his hand on the, the earpiece. And one of the lines is I just say farts will, will still be funny. <laughs> and fucking lost it at the end of, at the end of like shooting it, like he comes up to me, he's like, dude, I almost had to, I almost lost it when you said farts will still be funny. And now like when you watch it, you can see him like he's trying to stifle a fart essentially when I yeah. say that line. <laughs> he's oh, he, he did, man. He, he held it together though, which is, it's pretty amazing. And just shows his true range as an actor. Yeah. yeah. As you know what, next time you guys need a security guy, he's your man. Yeah, I know. Um, what's, you know, and I'm going to get it from the horse's mouth. Like, you talk about like your new place you can't get up hills whatever um what's kind of the status of uphill battle are you guys like i heard some scuttlebutt going on but like what's what's your kind of perspective of it right now is it just kind of the buddy um fantasy football group are you guys thinking about you know dusting the bikes up because like i've been going around to old groups the last week or so and just asking are you guys are you guys kicking up dust still like i did that to about four or five moped groups around the Midwest and some of them got back and some haven't like, I'm just, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, um, and you, and I listened to your episode with Kyle, um, who, who, um, was uphill battle. He was our, I think he was like the final uphill battle. Okay. So before I forget an aside about Kyle, which I don't think he told on here and I'm going to totally sell him out because I can, um, the uh maybe he didn't win it but so you know and i think joe talked about it too at our rallies like the big party we called it the grom prom mm -hmm. which was kind of like a us taking the word back because that was what everyone called us like the official like oh up the battles just a bunch of groms they're not official blah 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 so like yeah hell yeah we're groms now mm -hmm. come to our prom um 
and and we also you know like brainstorming for the first one and trying to like find things to do besides you know you just have a party everybody drinks which is super fun but you like to you know have other crap too it's entertaining and i and and i'll take credit for it because i don't take credit for much because i don't there's no reason to i don't earn credit for much but um we it was my idea and it worked out amazing is we had a tidy whitey contest which was like we were flipping it on its head. You remember like in the seventies and eighties, people would have like wet t-shirt contests mm-hmm. for, so we had a wet tidy whitey contest for dudes. Oh, we're like, no, we're, great. we're feminists. <laughs> and, um, and I, I can't Kyle actually won it before he was in uphill battle. Like <laughs> it's mostly because I have this mental picture of him that I cannot erase from my brain <laughs> of him dancing on stage. And like, I think people were pouring for loco or juice on him and he's rubbing it all over his body he's just in like these and he just he played it so well um and I, th- I think somebody else we did it two years and i don't remember who won it the other year but at any rate kyle um did just an amazing job in the tidy whitey contest you know uh he's a man of many talents but that's certainly one of them yeah um, i'm i'm a little disappointed in you kyle you know you didn't talk about that at all i'm sure there's a video of that somewhere um, i'm not gonna search out but you know it's okay as his his attorney i'll uh i'll keep that confidential (laughs) but um but yeah so kyle's pretty active like with the new like the cutters um Mm -hmm. now and you know he's saying stuff like oh we should do up a battle stuff again um i don't know there's nothing i've heard of um we're like i said we're still all friends but everybody's kind of got different priorities now and and the other thing too, for, for me at least, is um I think if I would go to a moped rally like right now or this summer or whatever, I wouldn't know anybody. You know, like mm-hmm. it it certainly has been like a and it was before, like you know, someone who was in petty cash in two thousand five, if they would have went to a rally in two thousand eleven or twelve or something, they wouldn't know anybody. Like there is like a sort of natural churn. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got you've got your guys like Jesse or Maze, Um, and I think Noel Motsing or uh, Graham Motsing yep. still does stuff. So you get, get this like subset of people that are just for sure lifers. Um, and then other people, you know, just do other things. But I mean, I love hanging out with those guys. Um, we, we kind of mostly got together. Uh, one of, one of the upper battle guys got a new house and like did a barbecue on like labor or it was labor day, maybe around then. Um, and like there is a grip of us there like we're still friends it's just i'm 44 now like i have a lot of things pulling at my time and mm-hmm. um hangovers are a lot more painful now than they were 10 years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah no i hear you on that like it's i discovered it late in life mopeds and it was always it was it was one of those things it was that scratch i hadn't itched for a long time and that's why like i'm still just crazy nuts over it and still you know i dig it and it's fun for me to talk to the people who are around early on and to find out about stories about you know grom kyle's you know wet (laughs) underwear contest i think because it's all silly and it's all fun and that's what this stuff is because like if i wasn't having fun sweating my ass off in my garage like rebuilding a hobbit because i forgot to do something okay that's that then i still have fun doing that or i have fun going 65 on a hobbit or i have fun going 25 on my stock vespa chow like it's all 
fun to me still. And like people, and you talked about like the ER doc, the father-in-law is the ER doctor. And like, you're worried about like, I'm a firm believer in things are going to happen to you because of fate. And when it's your time, it's your time. There's no way you can stop that. Like I've had a couple different doctors say, there's no reason why you're still alive, James. Well, there is because I'm not done. Um, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, th- and I think as you get older, I think you're tempting fate a little bit more. Yep. Like for example, I, uh, I, um, was work doing work. I like work on, you know, like on a computer is my, I have an office job, but so I was working from home Sunday night, which is m- stupid me. Um, I shouldn't be ever do that. But, um, and I was, I was uh, at my table working on my laptop and apparently I didn't know it, but my foot fell asleep. Um, so I got up to like get something to drink and I put weight on my left foot and just fell to the ground. Like my oh. foot would not support my weight. And then, um, that was like, you know, sort of embarrassing, in and of itself no one saw me but it was just the fact that that happened was embarrassing and then four hours later like sunday night i couldn't walk like my oh, foot wow. hurt was and i was like so anyway uh, getting old is really shitty <laughs> <laughs> moral of the story yeah dude like i mean like, yeah i almost got workman's comp and i for an <laughs> on-site job injury where i was working on a laptop like i got a I got to like take some more vitamins or something. I was going to say, dude, drink some water. You get yeah. some vitamins. Do some, you live out on the West coast, don't you? You yoga all the time. I mean, isn't I, that what they do in Portland? People do. Yeah. There's a fair amount of yoga. I don't, <laughs> I'm I, don't with you, dude. I don't do much exercise personally. Um, I have but, uh, to because of all my fucking injuries. Cause otherwise I hurt so fucking much in the wintertime, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. Like people like, Oh, what are you doing? Jim? Uh, I gotta go to the gym again. Cause like, if I don't go work 45 minutes to an hour every day, like I feel it two weeks later and then it takes another two to three weeks to get back to like being pain free. So like, yeah, it's just, it's just a part of life, dude. And I've accepted that. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I need to stretch cause I still snowboard as much as mm-hmm. possible. And, um, it used to be like, show up at the Hill, lace up your boots, go, and now if I don't spend like an hour beforehand stretching in the parking lot, like I'll hurt for the rest of the week, like yeah, three or four dude. days of just abject pain. And I walk like <laughs> Frankenstein's monster and I was like, what happened to you? Like, oh, I just, I went snowboarding. I'm just old. Sorry. Yeah. Bones, things, stuff, the ligaments. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was freaking rad getting to have you on here. I think kind of as yeah, we wrap sure. things up, um, Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is one of the best weeks we've ever had on Second Chance Moped Podcast. Don't forget, any of the podcasts way you listen, like, subscribe, do the bell dale on YouTube because now you get to see the guests. And um, David from Los Chupacabras, like, suggested it a couple years or last year or something like that and finally got around to doing it. Um, Give me some cool things happening in the next month or so, I think, possibly some new merch for 2022 and yeah but uh again i can't thank you enough for coming on and don't forget mopeds are dumb talk to you later my guy bye bye